Hello, Internet. This is Ewan Spence and the SE Insight Calling. It's the Eurovision Summer. Oh, what? Coming up, we have a look back at the jury problems in Turin, the countries that are already going in 2023, and who the Queen wants to hear. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to UC Insights News Podcast. We're into the summer, so we might slow down the right of the news pods, but bring up some other things as well. All of that happening over the next few months, of course, as we run up into the off-season, right through to September the 1st, when we get to do it all over again. So, um, uh, traditionally, here at this point, where I would tell you what the dates are for the contest next year, so... um. 2023. <laughs> Can't get more accurate than that. Uh, we don't have a host city. We await confirmation on Ukraine's hosting plans, and that's probably the best place to start here. While there's a very strong will to host Eurovision 2023 in Ukraine, there are naturally more questions in the minds of the community, broadcasters, and the EBU itself, given the continued invasion of Ukraine by Russia. In previous years, it's taken months for a host city to be announced, even if it feels obvious to many. I think back to Portugal winning in 2017, it's like, it's the LT Severina, Lisbon, isn't it? Um, Within five minutes of the victory happening, and yes, it was. Yet there was still a tender process. Other cities put in bids as well. The process had to be followed. It's not a short process. The same is going to be true for this season as well into 2023 with added complications. So let's just all calm down, stop trying to second-guess something that in all likelihood hasn't been decided on yet. In fact, the process probably hasn't been decided on yet, let alone anything else. Let's ignore all the let's grab some headlines as country X or stadium Y suggested by headline Z. Things will happen when things happen. What we can do is look back at Turin and the 2022 contest. Well, in terms of viewing figures, the song contest has been an impressive song contest. An overall cumulative figure of 161 million viewers. Uh, You want to compare that to some of the other big key events uh, on television. The Grammys at 9 million. uh, The Baseball World Series, 12 million. uh, The Oscars, 17 million. The Super Bowl, 112 million. Eurovision, 161 million. That's like all of those ones I've just mentioned added together still not enough uh the viewing share the number of people who could be watching who are watching at that time uh, in other words the total available audience across all of europe the share was 43.3 percent more than four out of ten people who could watch the television were watching a television uh and that time slot by the way uh, just to give you a sort of comparison it's normally around 18 percent market share so lots of very happy tv executives there even more happy will be those at rtv and bbc as both spain and the united Kingdom delivered the best viewing figures in more than a decade for the song contest 6.8 million for spain and 8.9 million for the united kingdom no doubt that belief in a strong result and increased pr both home and abroad helped get everybody behind chanel and Sam Ryder and watching the contest. And also, let's just flag up the YouTube viewing figures, which if they were one of the countries broadcasting the song contest, would probably be probably about 7th or 8th, actually. 7.6 million viewers watching the stream of the song contest grand final on YouTube. 
Of course, the other big feature of Turin this year was the annulled jury votes. The fact that six juries had their votes discounted by the EBU at Turin 2022 has cast some dark clouds in the week after this contest. We discussed this uh, in our podcast last week that, that recapped Turin, although since then the EBU has issued a further statement, like about 10 minutes after we uploaded the podcast. We had to put a, a little bit in the front now. Anyway, that statement laid out the irregular voting patterns that were seen in the jury votes of six countries, notably Azerbaijan, Georgia, Montenegro, Poland, Romania and San Marino. It also laid out the action it was taken, namely the jury votes were replaced by an aggregate jury vote that was derived from the results of other juries and then weighted towards historical trends of the replaced juries. So... Basically, they looked at all the other ones in a sort of pot of countries that were kind of similar, uh, say, for example, Romania, um, and then went, well, if that's the case, that's probably how mathematically the Romanian jury could have voted, so let's just go with that uh, and use that. Crucially, the countries that qualified and eventually won Eurovision 2022 would not have been changed if those jury votes had remained in place. But this was a very visible, that's wrong. Uh, what happens next is unclear. Uh, much of the discussion between the EBU and the respective broadcasters is going to be behind closed doors. And while some broadcasters are looking to explain themselves in public, I think the EBU is happy to leave their statement from last week as the final word from its side. Will there be withdrawals, protests or further actions? To be honest, I think the fury over this has abated slightly. And the contest is going to move on. But the community is going to be keeping a close eye, uh, both on the jury scores going forward and any changes that the EBU makes to the rules and the process going forwards. Okay, a couple of bits of uh, prizes and awards and chart success, I think, going on here. Uh, Marcel Besson's on Awards, organised by Sweden's 1992 singer Christopher Bjorkman, who's done some head of delegation and some stuff with the American Song Contest as well. The Marcel Besson's on Awards are voted on in the venue by a number of interested parties. Uh, three awards, the Press Award, the Artistic Award, and the Composer Award. The Press Award is awarded by the press, uh, and that went this year to Sam Ryder and Spaceman. Uh, the Artistic Award is voted on by the commentators, and that went to Serbia's Constractor and Incorpore Sanro. And the Composer's Award is voted on by the composers, and that went to Cornelia Jacobs, David Zanden, and Isa Molin for Hold Me Closer. But in terms of bigger awards, if there's one thing that the music industry will love to see about Eurovision, it's chart success stupid numbers of streams and a lot of online recognition of the acts. The biggest three in this mix are unsurprisingly, maybe unsurprisingly, surprisingly maybe. Look, the top theory Cluj Orchestra, uh, Chanel and Sam Ryder, uh, the top three uh, afterwards there. Um, although there has been a significant boost to every artist after the contest, especially uh, on the streaming side of things where the search box is sometimes more important than a tastemaker disc jockey. Notable here, Sam Ryder, I think, who's going to be the sort of breakout musical star in the same way that we had Moniskin uh, and Duncan Lawrence. He's the first Eurovision singer in the UK to have a mainstream chart success with his entry. Got to number two in the official uh, chart in the week after Eurovision. This week, down to number six, still sitting there in the top ten. It's the best result in the chart since 1996 with Gina G, although... Gina G did manage to go just a little bit higher, reaching the number one spot. Uh, two weeks after Eurovision, nine acts remain in Spotify's viral top 50. Uh, the highest place there is Norway's Subwoofer. The Lupine Lounge singers are sitting there at 13 with Give That Wolf 
a banana. Over in the US, the other big one, the Billboard Global 200, uh, and that's got to raise a lot of eyebrows as well. Uh, Chanel is at number 153 out of it. Sam Ryder were number 93, and Kalush Orchestra at number 85. Okay, what about contests going forward? Well, Junior Eurovision 2022 is coming up in December, and Eurovision 2023 is coming up in in May. <laughs> I say that, so anyways, maybe they push into the first week of June. Uh, probably not, because you've got to fit it around things like Champions League and all of that stuff. So let's just stay with May uh, for the moment. Uh, so for next year's song contest, we have 10 broadcasters signed up already. Uh, they are Austria, Australia, Cyprus, Finland, Israel, the Netherlands, Poland, San Marino, Spain, and Ukraine. Uh, there's every chance that others have said they're doing it. They've just not said it publicly. And you don't need to declare to the EB until the entry form deadline date, which is probably going to be about September, October. Uh, but at the moment, we've got 10 going and That's going to probably just inch up over the summer. Uh, of that, uh, Finnish broadcaster Wiley has confirmed that the song and writer submission process for UMK will start on September the 1st. And we'll end on September the 5th. So get your songs ready if you want to stick them in for Finland. September 1st, of course, is that big mythical date of the start of the Eurovision season. Any song released commercially after this date is eligible to represent their country at Eurovision. Assuming it fits all the other rules, three minutes less, etc, etc, etc. It's seen as the start of the season. It it happens, but there's not any big massive explosion or rush of interest. It just kind of tapers up. But that's that's sort of that's when the off season of the summer finishes, and then it all mentally gets going again. Um, now, of course, not every song uh, will never have been heard before uh, September the first. They may be up as a YouTube demo, maybe seen by sixteen people. That's not a commercial release. That's not gaining any advantage. But it is. There is a date, uh, and if you're before that, you have to basically ask the EBU nicely and go, "Look, it was a demo. It sat in SoundCloud. It's got nine people." We still think it's okay. And see if you can get the sign-off. Uh, right, Junior Eurovision 2022. That is happening in December. Uh, entries can still be submitted by broadcasters. Uh, so, so far, Armenia, Bulgaria, France, Georgia, Ireland, Netherlands, Poland, and Spain have confirmed data renderings. So we have eight so far. Um, a number of broadcasters have ruled themselves out, uh, thanks to all the uh, Eurovision news websites out there that have emailed in and asked their PR. So, ruling themselves out, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, Latvia, Lithuania, Moldova, in Norway. Slovenia is considering it. There we go. Uh, it's almost up to the opportunity Eurovision, but a note that Georgia's broadcaster GPB are carrying on with their national final there. Uh, Ranina 2022 has now had six shows out of what I think is going to be 11. Uh, there are 10 contestants working through those first eight shows. Uh, there are four themed weeks and five contestants go per week. So there's two weeks of theme one, two weeks of theme two, and so on. Uh, after those eight heats are done, they will take out five of the performers uh, to go forward to the semi final and three will come out of that to go forward to the grand final we'll keep half an eye on that as we go through the news pods at the moment but because there aren't any el eliminations it's just sort of like a league table at the moment it's just building up and we'll go from there anything else um we did mention Canada Division in the middle of the daily pods. It was announced during Eurovision week so Canada Division is going to be happening um at some point yep that's it there's going to be a Canada Division don't know where don't know when don't know how it'll happen
A couple of other bits of news as well. For some reason, Spain and the United Kingdom being very, very vocal about Eurovision plans uh, going forward and keeping themselves in the profile. And why not? Uh, you've got to build on that success to keep all the interest in the country for next year. So Spain, of course... This year uh, had the Benidorm Fest uh, reviving uh, and finding themselves third place song winner there with slow mo. So it looks like there's going to be an expansion of that. Now that could just be the venue capacity, and there are talks about that, making sure more people can get in. Uh, there are also discussions about a Eurovision style Benidorm Fest village. They will come up with a snappier name, I'm sure. That's being planned just to build on that interest. You know, have Valencia as this sort of. A destination place going on uh, and there's also talk about regional heats uh, just to make the contest a bit a bit larger bigger stage more acts being involved more music more promotional opportunities i think the record labels are going to be very very interested now uh ukraine uh, Kalush Orchestra have placed many of their Eurovision memorabilia up for a raffle to raise money for the war effort. Lead singer Ole Psyuk's pink bucket hat uh, is the main item in the raffle uh, and in addition, the Eurovision trophy itself is going to be going up for auction as well to raise more funds. Closing date to buy tickets or bid is, as I record this podcast, tomorrow, Saturday, the 28th. Uh, finally, United Kingdom here. Not only has Sam Ryder found the chart success we've already talked about, but he has been given a by royal command invite as he will be appearing at Queen Elizabeth II's Platinum Jubilee celebrations in London. This is probably one of the most high-profile gigs after the, a Eurovision Song Contest appearance in a long time. Oh, actually, no, it's probably the second most high-profile gig because back in 2019, uh, Kino played above a Leith bar in a 50-capacity room here in Edinburgh right after appearing in Tel Aviv. That was a much more prestigious gig. I doubt Buckingham Palace has the same on me. So yes, we are into the off-season. Uh, the summer months are here. Uh, we're going to have news pods as we go through the summer again. We did that last year, um, and it was quite fun, actually. Uh, but we're going to sort of like space them out a little bit. So we're going to have the news pod every two weeks uh, to keep on top of everything that's going on. Unless, of course, there's something, you know, big, huge news flash in case, in case we'll pop on anyway. Uh, in between the news pods, uh, we're going to have some more chats over coffees. Uh, we're going to be having the first one of those next week. Um, and... Uh, do you want a clue? Um, I, it, there's a Lin-Manuel Miranda song that's probably going to be mentioned very close to the opening of that show. There you go. A little bit of tease on that. Uh, the question is going to come back again. We're going to reformat it slightly as well. Uh, we're going to reformat pretty much everything, it has to be said, because we have our reader survey going on as well. You'll find a link at the top of the website, w, front page, www.esinsight.com. Uh, and that is there to let us know a little bit more about you, how you listen, what you like to read. Uh, we get a rough idea of, of like the demographics where you live uh, and a broad scope of age, but it is an anonymous survey. And you can leave your comments and tell us what you like, uh, what you'd like to see, what you don't want to see any more of, uh, or hear or read or whatever uh, in that survey. It really helps us guide the process of the site. Uh, over the summer, uh, you know, we're going to carry on with, with um, articles. We'll be We've just had my look back at the national finals, so you find that on the front page as well. National finals isn't everyone a winner. 
Uh, yep, that's the truth. Uh, what else? Uh, Georgia carries on with Junior Eurovision here every Saturday. That's going to be going on for at least another month, uh, if not a little bit more. We'll keep you up to date with any dates for your diaries and shows going on. There are countless uh, concerts going on uh, in the summers. Uh, Eurovision stars uh, of this year and of previous years, and potentially of years going forward, um, are heading around the world as well to take the stage and return to live music after the lockdown so uh you know check your local listings for details we've got sam Ryder up here uh in glasgow and edinburgh so lots is happening go out find out support your live music support your artists if you can't get out and do it live and that's perfectly fine it's still a rough world out there mentally uh then you know find them online find the streaming services find their mailing list subscriptions uh, merch to buy all of that helps your vision song contest is a great platform to build careers on but of course that career building for the artist starts now and you've got artists out there that you want to support do that as well to all our friends out there who we know are still to meet as always stay safe we met so many of you uh, myself and the rest of the insight team when we got in the ground in Turin. we hope to meet more of you over the next 12 months do be kind to each other uh Keep washing your hands. Uh, and I'll say ta for now. Cue the guitars and we'll catch you for interviews, chats, coffees, news, interviews, questions and more. I said interviews twice there. <sighs> That's why I've never been on Just a Minute. I'm just here in the Yessie Insight. <laughs> ta for now. Cue the guitars. The Yessie Insight News Podcast this week was hosted by Ewan Spence, written by Ewan Spence and the team at Yessie Insight, www.yessieinsight.com, patreon.com slash ESC Insight.